word of the Lord. We're in a very, very, very important season in the church. And I believe that God wants to speak to your hearts, speak to your minds, speak to the plan and the purpose that he has for you. Certainly I want to thank God for this phenomenal, phenomenal music department. Time and time again, they come and minister to the Lord and it makes it so easy for us to worship and to give God the glory and give God the praise. The book of Luke chapter 14, the book of St. Luke chapter 14. Again, my wife and I want to just, again, congratulate all of the graduates of 2017. What an, what an incredible accomplishment and achievement for you and your family. God bless you all. And again, congratulations on a job well done. Let's go to the book of Luke chapter 14. We've made available handouts. In fact, we've kind of uh, unadated you with a lot of information today, but I think it's good information, and I think you'll appreciate the church goes an extra mile to make sure you are in a learning environment. So I want to make sure that I've seen some people come in late, and I've seen some people kind of trickle in. It's very important to me that if you don't mind, make sure we have an outline in your hand. If you don't have a teaching handout, a teaching handout, please raise your hand. In fact, we've made some extra materials available. We want to talk about cities, City Chris and City Christine today and kind of want to talk further about the process of what God is doing at the church and how that involves every one of you on today. It's a new season in our ministry. It's a new season in this church. I think you're going to be very impressed and very blessed to know that you are involved, you are invited, and I know that God has something. Uh, and I'm still trying to get over the worship experience. This worship has just been phenomenal today and I think you all would agree we could stay here just for the rest of the day and just literally be at the feet of Jesus in song and in worship on on this on this morning and on this afternoon. While they're yet making available those handouts, I want to make sure that for all of the graduates and their families, there is a reception for you. There is a reception, little little snack, little juice, little something, something for you right after the service in the cafe. Again, there's a reception in the cafe immediately for all of the graduates and their families. I want to thank the hospitality team and the staff and those who helped make that reception a huge success. All right, real quick, once again, uh, does everyone have their handout right now? Does anyone still need a handout? Anyone still need a handout? All right. There's a hand over here, one back there, one back there, a couple up front. Very good. So what does that mean if y'all need a handout? That means y'all osmosis into the sanctuary. You didn't come through a door. Y'all just, y'all kind of like Elijah. You just kind of peered on the scene. All right. Amen. All right. We're getting handouts in their hands on today. And this is important today, all right? In fact, let me just say this. Um, these handouts today, I want you to hold on to them, okay? Um, you may need this one day, and this may come back one day to speak to you when someone asks, what's the, what's the process and what's the church really all about? How do you articulate vision at UCC? Is there a place for me? Is there a place to be involved? Or do we just come on once a week and sing some songs, give a little money, and hear a good motivational message, go home? No, no, a ministry is kingdom. Kingdom is seven days a week, and every one of you are involved in the work of ministry. Listen, I know your hands are full, but help me praise God for all of the ushers and greeters. Let's thank God for them. They got a hard assignment here. This is no easy task for them week in and week out. We certainly thank God for all of our awesome greeters and awesome um, uh, ushers at the UCC. They're phenomenal. We thank God for them at this time. All right, let's go to Luke, 20, Luke chapter 14 and verse 23. Thank you, sir. Luke chapter 14 and uh, verse 23. Once again, the, Saint, the book of St. Luke chapter 14 and verse 23. If you got it, come on, say amen. Fantastic. The Bible reads this, one verse of scripture. Then the master said to the servant, go out, go and out, all right, uh, uh, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, compel them to come in, all right, uh, that my house may be filled, that my house may be filled. Now, notice what the Bible says. It says, go out, not get out. I don't want you to get this confused with the movie uh, that was uh, at the theaters a few weeks ago, all right? Uh, it didn't say get out, but it says, go out. Uh, let me try it again. Uh, God didn't tell you to get out of the church. Hello? He says, go out. And if he says, go out, I think there's an expectation that you come back in eventually, all right? So go out into the highways and uh, the hedges. And I want you to compel, compel them uh, come on, circle the word, or you can underline the word them. Compel them to come in. And there's really only one reason. 
Jesus gives us this scripture. He has a huge expectation that his house be filled. That his house uh, be filled. Now, that'd be an easier task for you and I to say amen to if our sanctuary only seated a couple of hundred people. But, but that is a large and tall order for uh, the University City Church. There's a section here and sections upstairs and sections to the far upward of my left, uh, some sections way in the back under the canopy that my house may be filled. We've taken the entire summer, and I want to talk to you about actively involving you in a very dynamic, successful process of reaching our city and beyond. It's not just Huntersville, but it's the surrounding towns, the surrounding areas, as far as people can drive in this region. And I need you to know that you're invited, okay? I need you to know that you are actively involved, okay, in a process of seeing men and women, boys and girls, discipled, into the life and the walk of Jesus Christ. I'd like to continue today the series entitled Building a Church That Blesses a City. Building a Church That Blesses Our City. And today I'm going to continue on in the very, very arduous, but I also believe it's going to be a very awarding process of discipleship. You know the statistics about churches in America. You already know that there are more churches closing every year than opening. In fact, we're losing about 3,000 churches a year in America on average. You already know that 53% of people, particularly men, uh, excuse me, I think the statistic is 150,000 men will leave the church every month in America. Many of them will never return again. You know that seven out of eight major mainline denominations whether it's Baptist, Methodist, Episcopalian, Lutheran, seven out of the eight major mainline denominations have either plateaued or they, they are now in decline in their attendance. You have to know that the days of just people knocking on the doors of the church, lining up hours and hours ahead of time to get in, those days are, are long gone. And we've got to rethink, re-engineer, pray, but how is it that we're going to fulfill what Jesus wants us to do? How is it that we, and I use the word we, not me. How are you going to see your loved ones saved? And I believe with all my heart, you want to see any unloved one saved. We don't want to see anyone go to a hell that was designed for the devil and his angels. Hell was never designed for man. It was never designed, the lake of fire was never created for man. It was created for Lucifer, the fallen angel, and a third of the angels that left heaven and became demons in the earth and in the under earth. So hell was never designed for you and I, but because of our decisions and the choices we make and because we choose not to receive the gospel and God's plan for our lives. The Bible, uh, we don't judge each other. The Bible judges us, and it tells us clearly that there is an eternity that we will spend Either it will be with our Father in heaven, or unfortunately it will be in a place called the lake of fire. And so nobody in this room wants any loved ones, whether it be siblings, parents, or, or children, to miss God's plan and purpose for their lives. I believe for all of the ache and the hurt and the pain and the things that we deal with in society, our community ills, we don't want to unnecessarily see someone deal with that without a hope and without the help of the church. Come on, say, I'm involved. Come on, say, I'm invited. And so today I want to talk to you about building a church that blesses our city. And today, finding them at all costs. My subtitle today is finding them at all costs. Again, the Bible says that a master said to a servant, go out into all of the highways, all of the byways or hedges, and compel them to come in that my house, that my house may be full. The message version says it this way. Go into the country roads. Whoever you find, drag them in. I want my house full, exclamation point, exclamation point. Today we continue the very expected and exhilarating summer 2017 expedition of strategically building a church that blesses our city. Remember last Sunday morning, unless the Lord builds a city or unless the Lord builds a house, your labor my labor is in vain, except our God watch over us. 
our staying up late at night is in vain. Listen, as with any building project, and some of you all have built your own homes, you've been a part of construction sites, you know what it's like when it comes to building projects or, or some type of construction campaign. You will need navigation tools. You'll need things such as maps, compasses, blueprints, etc. Uh, understand this, these things are needed to successfully build, again, what is oftentimes a very painful, arduous task, but it can be a very rewarding process as well. And I need us to understand that we have a map. We have a game plan. We're not just throwing jello against the wall and nailing it to see if it sticks or not. We're not just going to click our heels and find some little yellow brick road, close our eyes, and hope for the best. You have to have a plan. We have to have a system. So why are churches declining? Why are churches plateauing? Why are people leaving the church? Why is church not what it used to be? Why is there no value in membership? We love membership when it comes to our gyms, when it comes to our civic, our social, or our, our, our political clubs. But what about membership in the church? It has lost its value. It has lost its reward. And I'm on a task, and I may be one, of the, I may be one in the minority, but I believe we can restore value to the local church and its membership. We talked the last couple of weeks about the vision of this campus. I have a vision for this campus. I'm going to thank you, Sister Body, for a wonderful charge. Pastor Body, thank you for a wonderful program for the graduates. And she's right. There is a vision. And that vision has to be a snapshot. It has to be extremely clear of what can be and what must be. If you are a member of this church, if you are a, a, an attendee of this church, you need to be able to see what I see. And it is a tough and hard challenge that you see. And this is why maybe Elijah prayed, God, help the servant to see what I see. You have to see, first of all, first of all, a sanctuary where men and women are coming from everywhere to get saved, to give their lives to Jesus, to be washed of their sins, to be in a family where there's hope and healing and redemption. No one wants to be in a fake church. Nobody wants fake relationships. We need people who are real, who have the battle scars, and you can show the marks of what real life is like and how they can make it and how others can make it. So before we talk about the ball fields and the incubators and this affordable housing and the mixed retail space and all of the 25 acres and all the wonderful things to have, and I believe we ought to have them. Let's make no mistake about it. The first priority and business of the church is that we are a house of hope. We become a house of healing. We are a house where we can help people in their darkest of moments. Come on, somebody clap your hands and say amen. In fact, go to Matthew chapter 9. I want to, I want to show you something. Uh, Matthew chapter 9, a very familiar verse of scripture, but I want to talk to you about your involvement. Because right now, 90% of you in this church are not involved. You're good people. You're intelligent people. I believe you love God and you're saved and really want to go to heaven. But can you honestly say, I am involved in a process. Come on, say process. Come on, say system. Can you honestly say that I am involved in a system helping people know Jesus? I feel good right now. Can you honestly say, I am involved, directly involved in a process where people are maturing and growing in their faith, growing in their spirit, spiritual life? Can someone right now point a finger at you and say, you are the reason I'm saved? You are the reason I stay committed to the Lord. All right? When you have breathed your last breath, when those days have come to an end, Will we be able to look back and say, will you be able to look back and say, I help people come to know Jesus in the part. Oh, I can hear you talking. I hear you saying, I ain't no preacher. I ain't no minister. You know, we, listen, if you are saved, we are all called to be preachers and we're all called to be ministers. Well, I ain't called. No, yes, you. When you say yes to Jesus, you got called. We are all called to the great commandments and the great commission. The great commandments is to love God and to love one another. The Great Commission is to go out and make disciples. Well, I didn't buy it at all that when I got saved. Well, friends, there is a good chance today you're not saved. Church, 
has often been a cesspool for the lazy. It is the only place we can claim membership, dress up, but yet give nothing, do nothing, and be nothing. We have lost the value, and I say we in America, in the western part of the world. We have taken on from our cousins in the European societies that church is not what it once was. And I can't, I'm not accountable for the churches on 73 or Babies Ford Road or, or 45. I'm only accountable as God gives me leadership for this church. And I want you to be part of a culture that people are, are bought into a vision, a process where everyone, not just the young people, not just the old people, not just the rich people, not just the poor people, but everyone is in a process of discipleship, membership, assimilation, and again, my friends, it's called a process. Matthew chapter 9, 35, I think this explains it very, very well. Jesus, the Bible says, went throughout all of the towns, all of the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing all diseases and sicknesses. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion. Come on, say compassion. He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. They were like sheep without a shepherd, sheep without a pastor, sheep without a church home. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers, the volunteers, the lay leaders, and even the leadership itself are few. So here's the answer. I want you to pray. I want you to pray to the Lord of the harvest. Watch this. Not that he would send lost souls. But pray that he'll send laborers because obviously the souls are here. The souls are all around our community. The souls are all around this region. The souls are all around Charlotte metro area. But it is the laborers that have not been challenged to be part of a process. It is the laborers who are allowed to be lazy and allowed to be lethargic and allowed to be apathetic. It is the laborers who come in on Sundays, hear a little music, get a little dance on. Get motivated, give a couple of dollars, and they've been doing it for the last 30, some 40, some 50 years of their lives. So pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers. There's a process. This process can't be given in a week or two. It's going to take time. And I know you're going to get tired of hearing me use the words discipleship and assimilation and membership. But right when you get tired of hearing it is oftentimes right when you fully understand it. I need every man and woman today to be involved. Somehow, by the end of this message, I'll ask those four wheels. Will you commit? Will you commit? Will you commit? Will you commit? And if that doesn't float your fancy, you're in the wrong church. And I don't know a church with a mission and a vision and a process you'll be comfortable in. Because the days of just showing up, getting your little religious experience on, and going back to a secular, sinful world is over with. Everybody okay? Ask your neighbor, neighbor, you're not mad at the pastor, are you? Because you're not saying amen. I, I noticed you haven't said that in the last 15, 20 minutes, all right? So, 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 so what do we see in Jesus? We see his ultimate and his priority of ministry. He's teaching, he's preaching, he's healing. Should that not be what the church should be about today? I mean, we got all of the barbecues, we got all of the dinners, we got all of the fellowships, we got the bingo rallies, we got all of the things we do in the community, and those are great things, by the way, but make no mistake about it, you and I should be a part of a teaching, preaching, and healing environment. At the end of the day, we want to we wanna have ballparks. We want to have skate parks. We want to have uh, 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 educational venues. I believe in affordable or mixed housing. I believe this campus can do a whole lot of things, and a lot of stuff can happen seven days a week. But if we fail to teach the word of God, if we fail to preach the kingdom, if we fail to bring healing, come on, somebody say healing. Healing. Some need emotional healing. Somebody needs physical healing. Somebody needs financial healing. Somebody needs spiritual healing. But the church should be a hospital for those that are sick, those seeking healing. Amen? 
The main objective today, I want you to fill in the blank on your outline. In fact, if you have the outline, here's the first word you can fill in the blank. The main objective today, in fact, I really only have one. I'll, I'll, I'll go between one and two from time to time, but today, the main objective today, here, here's what I want you to get out of this message. I need you to know that you are actively involved, or my objective is to actively involve, if you'll fill in the blank, actively involve every person. So whether you are a new member, a current member, a prospective member, maybe you are an attendee and you really don't have plans to join the church. You just kind of like hanging out with us. You know what? There's something for you too. All right? I, I got you covered, all right? There is a five-step discipleship and membership assimilation process. I've been working on a little cartoon character. I've been trying to animate this somewhat so you could understand that we need a map. We need a navigation tool to get us from point A to point B. So we're going to borrow the map uh, from Dora the Explorer, and I hope every time you see the map, you will realize and understand that we want you to know there is a process, there is a plan, there is something we're going to stick to and believe God for, and every week we'll monitor it, we will measure it, we will know that, see the results and the fruit of what God is doing in the church. Let me give you these five words, all right? You'll hear these five words for the next several weeks. I believe that this five-step plan involves, number one, finding them. Number two, not only, excuse me, number two, welcoming them, all right? Uh, number three, we want to see them converted, converted. So we want to convert them. It doesn't do us any good to be warm and fuzzy and friendly and loving, and we never see them come to the cross of Christ. You know, when I don't hear you say, man, that makes me think, maybe you need to stay a little longer. Maybe they don't understand what you're trying to say here. Uh, it, <laughs> it does us no good if we can be loving, warm, and friendly, and inviting, and accommodating and all of the great things we can do, but we never brought them to Christ. We never bring them to the cross of Christ. Can you imagine them hearing on that great day of judgment that they were in the church, they did a lot of volunteer work, they did a lot of humanitarian stuff, but they never gave their life to Jesus in the pardon of their sin. They never got their sins washed. They never got their sins forgiven. They never had a brand new uh, 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 leaf or at least on life because of a commitment made at the altar, at the cross. And you know what? Uh, here's what I'm learning. Some commitments may not be made here at the altar. Some commitments might be made right there where you're sitting at. Some commitments might be made in a, in, in, at the men's function uh, on the weekend get-together. Uh, get Some decisions might be made while you're at home. The goal is to make a decision for Jesus. All right? I'd rather you have an authentic decision made right where you're sitting than to come here and turn over cartwheel flips and do, a, and do the, 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 the electric slide, all right, and go back to your seat and have no change. So this five-step process, come on, say that with me, five-step process. And I've used the acronym DMAP, DMAP, D-M-A-P, DMAP, Discipleship, Membership, Assimilation, and, of course, it is a process. So let's go back to those five steps. Number one is finding them. And I'll get that one moment. Number two has to be welcoming them. Number three is converting them. Here's where the rubber meets the road. Number four is discipling them, discipling them. And that's where nine out of ten churches miss it. We park the car. We cut the engine off. We get out. We go in the house. And we forget that discipleship is highly important. In fact, it's everything. It's everything. Nowhere in the Bible did Jesus say, uh, go and make members of men. Now, he didn't say go and make membership. He said go and make disciples. All right? All right? Uh, the Bible says if any man be in Christ, not be in Memphis, Tennessee, but if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. We got to take people back to the cross of Christ. And then, of course, number five is sending them. All right? So let's get started real quick. I'm not, I won't take too long, but uh, I, I want to share this. Uh, so you have an idea. I want you to see some things today on what it is you are being invited and involved in. Uh, you already know the vision of the church. I won't spend too much time with that one today. Come on, help me out. The vision of UCC is to love. Oh, ain't but 20% of y'all know the vision of the church. Come on, the vision of UCC is to love and to love and serve. All right, let's try it again. The vision of this church. All right, is to love God, to love people. Now, notice this. About two years ago, uh, Pastor Carmen, we changed the word from one another to people because sometimes loving one another means me, my wife, us four no more. 
I'm just going to let the folk who believe me and agree with me and all my boys, all right? No, 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 no. That ain't the vision of Jesus. He said, I want you to love your neighbor, love people. So we got to learn to love people that don't like us. Hello? We got to learn how to love people who are difficult people. We don't know if they're coming or going people. They one day, they one way one day and they somebody else the next day. Yeah, you got to learn how to love people that owe you some money. Y'all still ain't saying amen this morning. Boy, this is a tough crowd this morning, tough crowd. You got to love people who don't like you. Uh-huh. Yeah, you say you're saved, right? You said you're a Christian. Well, you better understand the Beatitudes. We better learn how to bless those that persecute us and revile against us. So we love God. We love people. Those are the first and two greatest commandments. And the commission is, let's go serve the world. Let's go serve the world. Uh, speaking of serving the world, we've got a meeting today right after service. And I know here's another plug. Here's another announcement. But it's germane to my message, all right? It's germane to my message. Um, we've seen a wonderful resurrection with the CDC, the Community Development Corporation. And with the Community Development Corporation, it is a non-profit, all right, non-profit, 501c3, non-profit um, Non, what's that word? Nonprofit is a non-taxable organization. Whatever it is, it's a 501c3. It's a nonprofit organization, and it's really, it's really set up to be a humanitarian arms to the community. So when you hear Hearts and Hands Food Pantry, when you hear outreach efforts, when you hear uh, non-perishable food items, when you hear about us doing things in the community, some things can't be done in the name of the church obviously because of church and state. But there's a nonprofit organization where we can go out successfully and engage with community partners. And if you have a heart for the community, and I know a lot of you do, you say, I love having church. I love all the things we do in the ministry. But my, my, what gets me happy is to actually roll my sleeves up and do stuff in the community, whether it's Habitat Humanity, whether it's serving soup kitchens, you name it. Well, well, the Community Development Corporation is for you. So today is phase two. We're having a, an, a, 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 another interest meeting and an orientation today. It won't be in the cafe. It'll be over in the Guest Connections room. And it'll be right after service. Uh, if you've ever wanted to volunteer, be part of a board, be part of an advisory team, this is the time. This is the place. I got to put this plug in because I'm a part of that board. I'm a part of that team. And when you talk about affordable housing, when you talk about uh, doing things for the community, this is the venue. This becomes the can do it. It's done through. So I encourage all of you, especially you, again, who not only have a heart for the community, but you have some type of expertise. Maybe it's in, in maybe it's a, an attorney. Maybe it's in medical. Maybe it's admissions. Maybe it's in engineering. Maybe it's planning. Maybe it's promoting. You name it. In fact, we have a summer internship program that I think you'd be impressed with. We're doing two summer camp, excuse me, we're doing two summer intern, uh, uh, two summer internships for high school juniors and seniors or college freshmen and sophomores. One is a social media internship. The other is a written internship. In other words, responsible for journalism, editing articles, blurbs, various news outlets, providing support to our current writing team. We want these high schoolers as well as these college students. Now, it is a non-paid internship, I might add. I might have lost about 80% of those who was interested. Now, we can't pay you in dollars, but we can pay you with a wonderful letter of recommendation and a full review for the college or the high school. We really want to see the social media elites of the church and those who are doing writing as interns to be involved. That's, again, that's, that's part of the CDC. We want to engage with community in effective and creative ways. Come on, somebody help me celebrate the CDC launch and the summer internship programs, all right? Now, that's my only one announcement. I'm finished with all my announcements for the rest of the day, okay? So, 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 um, winning them. What's number two? Help me out. Welcoming them. I'm for finding them. Number two is what? What's number three? What's number four? What's number five? Again, my ultimate goal today, and I got about six, seven minutes left. My ultimate goal today is involve you. Somewhere between finding people, welcoming people, converting people, discipling people, sending people, you have to be part of that vision. So you may be on the front end, you may care less about the back end. You may say, I could care less about the front end part, I want to be on the missions, outreach, and the back part of sending people to the nations. I want to lay out a platform, I want to literally lay out a platform where everyone, everyone can be involved. 
Let's go real quick to Acts chapter 2. We started here last week. I want to close here with Acts chapter 2. And I want you to hear these words one more time before we fill in these blanks, all right? I want you to look at Acts chapter 2. And I want to show you some very important words as it relates to the five-step discipleship, membership, assimilation process. Is everybody okay so far? Everybody all right? Let me see what time it is. It's 12 noon. We got two hours left. My God, what a blessing. Praise the Lord. You still there? All right, you still, all right, real good. All right. Now, seriously, we got a few minutes. Let me, let me just, let me, let me at least remind you of some very, very important concepts before we fill in the last few blanks, all right? Acts chapter 2, verse 42. The Bible says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and the breaking of bread. Oh, yeah, by the way, also in prayer. Fear came upon every soul, and many signs and wonders were done through the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They sold, in fact, their possessions and gave their goods and divided them among them all as anyone had need. Continuing daily with one accord in the temple, they broke bread from house to house, and they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Would you see the young, would you see the young budding church? They were praising God having favor with all of the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. And the Lord added to the church daily. What did he do? He added to the church daily those who were being saved. When we talk about discipleship, here's, what, here's what's important. You have to know that it is a process. No one gets discipled overnight, okay? Now, you're still kind of quiet on me today, but we're going to work this out real quick. Nobody gets saved overnight and stays saved overnight. Discipleship is a process. My pastor used to say it this way years ago. He said, I'm saved, but I'm still getting saved. And in the end, I want to be saved. And if you need Bible for that, all you got to do is look at the last verse of what I just read. And the Lord added to the church daily those who not were saved, but they were what? Being saved. Uh, you may have gotten saved the first day of some things in your life, but there were some things that were left in your life you need to keep praying about. You need to keep getting delivered from. You need to keep growing in. Am I right about that? Because we're, discipleship is a process. Now, only people who have arrived, they have no sin in their lives, uh, don't have to say amen. All right? But for everybody else, we are all still growing in our walk with God. All right? We're all still growing in our walk with God. So discipleship is a process. With disciples of followers, that is, we grow in the lordship of Jesus Christ. How do we grow? Being educated in the word, being empowered, being equipped uh, by the Holy Spirit. So we can overcome trials and, and uh, things in this present world, and we can become more like Christ Jesus. Again, why is membership important? Well, what is membership? Help me understand what membership is. Because most of you, like me, when I got saved, or I, I, when I was growing up as a child, you, in, in our tradition, you joined the church either by, le uh, by a letter, all right, I think it was a candidate of the baptism, all right, or a Christian experience. Either you, had, either you were a candidate of baptism, water baptism that is, or you had a letter of Christian experience. In other words, you came from another church, and the pastor wrote a letter saying, she is a good member, welcome her into your new church. Very, very few of you all are saying amen because you've never heard of a letter of Christian experience, all right? But here, membership is more than having your name in the role of a church. Membership is more than being inside of a database. Membership is to live out what it is you really believe on the inside. All right? True church membership is to actively live out your inward commitment through the serving and supporting of the vision of the local church. I want to be saved. I love Jesus, but I don't want to be in nobody's church. But you know what? You're not going to be saved for long. And I can't guarantee, I cannot guarantee you're going to heaven. Uh-huh. Oh, all the heads looked up just when I said that. What you say? Now, Jesus says, I am coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. His blood was shed for the church, and church encompasses family. And in every family, there's good and there's bad. In every family, there's ups, there's some downs. Every family, we have some really, really sharp people. We have some not so sharp people, but we're family, and that's all we have. Why should the church be any different? The church is the perfect place for imperfect people. And it is lived out 
through membership. You know what? I skipped a couple of blanks. I know you'll go home uh, inquisitive about some of the blanks I skipped. Would you go back to, to point number two? And I'm so sorry. I gave you those five words, finding them, welcoming them, converting them, discipling them, ascending them. Here's something I want you to fill in. We want to be able to bring them in, build them up, show them how, show them how, and send them out. When you understand the process of the vision, we want to be able to bring people in, okay? I think we understand that one, right? We want to be able to build them up spiritually. Is that right? We want to show them how. In other words, we want them to duplicate, reduplicate themselves. We want them to multiply themselves. The Bible says that, that I think it's 2 Timothy 2 and 2, 1 Timothy 2 and 2, that we are to find men who basically can teach other men. So there's a, multiple, there's a multiplying and there's a reproducing expectation that Jesus has. So come on, say this with me. Bring them in. Come on, build them up. Show them how. And we want to send them out. Okay? Now, again, you know the vision of the church. We've already talked about the existing love God, love people, serve the word. We demonstrate, fill in the blank if you would. We demonstrate this through evangelism, education, and empowerment. Now, I gave you the definition of discipleship. Am I right? You've got the definition of membership. Let me talk about assimilation just real quick, all right? Assimilation is the process by which a person acquires spiritual and social characteristics of the group in likeness and similarities. In other words, when we are assimilating, we begin to sound the same. We begin to believe the same. We begin to act the same. We begin to do the same. That's what we see in Acts chapter 2. They had all things in common. What do you mean by that? When you're in a church, there ought not be a crowd or a section for the educated and another section for the uneducated. When you're in a church, there ought not be a, a section for those who are rich and then you got a section for those who are poor. Somebody got a record and someone's in law enforcement and they're sitting on the same row. Someone has a master's degree and someone never got their GED, but they're brothers in Christ. The church should be a perfect equalizer. So no matter our past, no matter our record, no matter our, our educational, our, econ our, our economic status, our political status, in the body of Christ, we should be assimilated. We should believe the same thing. And if you don't believe what we believe, let's make sure we believe the Bible. And we'll work on other areas of preferences and, not, and negotiables in a future time. But at least, let's believe this. He lived, he died, he was buried, he rose again on the third day. Let's believe that his blood, the precious blood of Jesus Christ, was shed for your sins and for my sins. I have sins. You have sins. His blood covers all. And then finally, process. We understand it is a series of actions and steps because we want to achieve a successful end. Once again, I want you to be part of a vision where we're bringing them in, we're building them up, we want to show them how, but we want to send them right back out again. Listen, take your, take your hand out. I want to show you these two forms before I close, all right? Let me see here. All right, good. Uh, take your hand out. How many of y'all have the handout of what I call City Chris and City Christine? Y'all see City Chris? In City Christine, we've done some, some, uh, some, some background work and some, some empirical data work on who is it that we're really looking at? Who is it that we're trying to reach? And so when we talk about bringing them in, who is them? When we talk about uh, build them up, who are we building up? When we talk about showing them, who are we showing? And we certainly talk about sending people out. What do you mean by sending people out? Who's the them? Well, here's probably a good snapshot of who them is most likely. Now, I want to say this as you see this picture. You see, see, we'll open it for any and everybody. As you look, if you look around today, there are different shades of different colors in this room. Not everybody's African-American that sits in this room today. Now, some may be darker, some may be lighter, some may look like they're from a different country, but truth of the matter is we're all type of shades, nationalities, cultural backgrounds. And I believe that one day you will look at the vast audience of this church upstairs and downstairs and see a prototype of this community. We welcome our brothers and sisters from the Caucasian community, the Hispanic community, the Asian community, the Native American community. We welcome those from the islands, those from the motherland. We welcome every, everybody is welcome. 
But from a target perspective, from a target marketing perspective, most likely we won't reach some of our friends up in Alaska. That's probably going to be a far stretch to reach some of our brothers and sisters in, in Kathmandu, Himalayas. But we may reach people like Chris and Christine. What do we know about them? They have probably some religious or church experience or background. But realize this. There's a growing population of Chris and Christines who know nothing about the church. They don't know nothing about what we do and why we do it. So we want to be cognizant of that. Number two, uh, 60% of them in the Huntersville area, 28078, are married. 60% are married. A little more than 10% would be considered single parent in the church, excuse me, in this community. Most likely, they will be between the ages of 25 and 34. I almost got a show of hands, but I didn't want nobody to tell no stories on Sunday in the church. Most likely, they are between the ages of 25 and 34 or 34, 35 to 44. Those are the two largest groups of people in the Huntersville community. Time importance is a priority. Time management is a priority. 54.9% of them at least have a bachelor's degree. Congratulations again on those who earned theirs this recently this month. Uh, can you believe this? The average household income is $90,000. That's not per person, but that's a combined household income. In the Huntersville community, we're about 46,000 per person, all right, in income. 90,000, I'm assuming not 40, it's a little bit less than 40, but the, the average median of the family is 90,000. Now what's interesting, in North Carolina, it's half of that. Half of North Carolinians, or excuse me, in the state of North Carolina, the average income is in the mid-40s, whereas in Huntersville, you're almost at 90,000. And then finally, they're looking for ministry for the entire family. They just don't want Sunday morning only, but do you have anything for divorce care? Do you have anything for single parents? Do you have anything for the mental ill? Do you have anything for special needs? And as I heard some of your graduation uh, 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 endeavors and, and plans, we need a ministry for those who have families with special needs. We want everyone in our community to know we're thinking about you. All right? Maybe that's your passion. Maybe that's what you do for a living. Can you help the church out? Will you pray about helping the church in that area? 80% are Caucasian, 9% of African American, 8% are Hispanic, and 3% consider themselves others. Let me show you one more graph, and I might have to close after this graph, all right? We'll have to pick this up at another time. We call this the six circles of commitment. It's just another way to illustrate to you what it is the church is trying to achieve. I think I can show you better than I can tell you. I think we can show you better than we can tell you. What do you see? I'm going to ask you all to fill in some blanks here. Look at you got six spaces on your right. I want you to fill in these blanks, okay? I want you to fill in the blanks. I tell you what, after we do this graph, we'll be finished for the day. We'll have to pick this up on Thursday night, and I want to continue to teach you all about the process of seeing people saved, disciple, joined, and being sent right back out to touch the world for Jesus. I don't know if you can tell a difference in my ministry. I don't know if you can tell a difference in this church. But we want to give the world Jesus Christ like never before. We want to present Jesus the Christ to the Huntersville area and every surrounding region as much as we can. When you look at the, is, is that all right? I mean, is that okay? Can anybody say amen? Because the word amen means so be it. I agree. You got it. All right. Praise the Lord. All right. All right. So I want you to be in. I want you in. I want our children. I keep staring over here in the back. I look at all these young people in the church. What are we going to do when we die off? What are we going to do with them? Leave, them? leave them a mortgage? They can't pay? What are they going to do when their teachers argue them in high school that you cannot call God a man or a woman? You got to acknowledge them as an it. How do you explain the, 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 the curriculum of, of, of same-sex marriage in the high schools, junior high schools? And if your daughter or son decides to say, wait a minute, my Bible says, they're now uh, 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 considered hate. We got to touch our community. You need to be involved, my friends. This can no longer be a Sunday morning experience, and I'm out. You got to give an account to the Lord one day, not only for your soul, but for your children and your community. I have to give an account. For this church, 
And I don't want to be, I don't want to stand before the Lord and say, God, we built a beautiful building. We did some wonderful stuff on acreage. Oh, you ought to see our PR and our marketing and our advertising. Oh, you ought to see our band. Man, we have a band and some musicians that are saying, no, 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 no. All that's awesome. But did you touch your community? What, what family came back together again because of healing and redemption? What teenage thug, a hustler, came out of drugs and alcohol and got mentored by men in the church? What abortion was aborted because someone stood and prayed and said there are options and solutions and will do it lovingly and without judging you? Who fed the hungry? Who gave clothes to the naked? And if you're not doing that, let me be a bearer of bad news and say to you, coming to church on Sundays is not enough. I don't expect to see this whole crowd on Thursday nights. I don't. But I do expect to see more who say, I'd rather watch TV than go to church. I'd rather stay home and cut the grass than go to church. Oh, I'm so busy. I got all these chores. We got to do all this. We got to do all that. Where are you in helping people know Jesus Christ? We are so in love with the world. We are so in love with the world. We forget that we are pilgrims passing through. I know you're enamored, and I know you are romanticized, and you're so in love with this world, but you got a good hot 70 plus years, and that's it. But all of eternity will be spent somewhere. And I want the Lord to say to you, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter ye into the joy of the Lord. You know the parable when the disciples say, Jesus, Jesus comes and says, listen, did you feed me when I was hungry? Did you give me shelter when I was homeless? Did you give me clothes when I was naked? And the disciples say, hey, when did we see you naked, hungry, and, and without shelter? Jesus said, no, no, when you did it to the least of these. There are three highly harvest areas in Huntersville alone. There are, there's homelessness in Huntersville alone. There are tough communities in this community alone. When were you seen passing out some soup? When were you seen ministering or praying or laying hands or encouraging some young teenage girl? Are you with me? I, I'm finished. I'm off my notes. But I need you to understand you are invited and you are involved. And until the day I die, I want to be listed with one, just one, one of those pastors, one of those churches that got it right. It wasn't just about Sunday morning and entertainment and service. They actually engaged with a community and made a difference, and you see the fruit thereof. All right. Can I finish this today? Should I push it to another time? Pastor Sharon, what do you think? Finish it? All right, yeah, hey, see the balls? Y'all know see the balls, amen. All right, look, <laughs> you see a target. You see a target, right? What else do you see on that target? You see an arrow. Where's the arrow pointing? All right, so on the number one, the outward, the outward sphere, the outward circle, I want you to write down in the word, call that, um, call that the crowd. Put the word crowd there, all right? You got it, Yellow Ribbon? Put the word crowd there. In the crowd, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I messed that one up. Y'all forgive me, I'm sorry. Community, put community under number one. Put community, put community. Community is defined of those who are within a driving distance. Community is defined as those that are in a driving distance. Right now, there's over 800,000 people in this community. Some people say 1.4 million are still in the Charlotte market area. But let's just say 800,000, uh, according to the latest Census Bureau for the city of Charlotte. 800,000 are within a drive of community of this church. Number two, put the word crowd, okay? Now, uh, I'm going to have a little fun with you. Don't be offended. But put CME. You all know the CME church. Christmas. Mother's Day and Easter is the only time they come into church. We saw a lot of them this past Easter. All right? Watch night. Might as well put watch night, too, because in the black community, we believe in watch night. All right? Okay, what else going on? We believe in watch you something nice. Then we go into the club after the watch night service. So number two, put the word crowd. Okay? Uh, let's put 1,000 people. 
Let's put a thousand people will typically show up at one of those larger, larger services events, all right? Uh, I want to get people from the community, at least get them into a crowd. We will, there are some people who, 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 who are in the crowd, but I'm not satisfied with being in the crowd. I want to move them forward. Let's somehow or another get them into the congregation. Uh, and the congregation, number three, these are those who will eventually go to a next steps orientation. I'm not joining the church. I have not joined the church, but I am interested in being part of the vision of the church. I'm going to ask you to come out July the, I think it's the 8th. I think it's a Saturday. We're going to have a brunch for everybody who wants to know more about UCC, both whether you're here or whether you read about it in the paper. We want you to come on out to the next step. And right now, on average, about 800 folk or so, you know, give or take a few, we'll see that happen, okay? Uh, or we've seen that over the years at UCC, I should say. Number four is the committed. Number four, I don't want you just in a congregation, my friends. I want you to get committed to the church. So now you're taking your one-on-one your -on -one class. You're taking your welcome to the city class. You're involved in welcome to the city. You've, you've joined the church. You understand there's some things expected of you now as a member of the church. Right now, let's, on a good day, let's just say 600. Let's just say 600, just, just for words, just for, just for easy terms, 600 or so, all right? And we're going to take measurement, and I'll use some of our statisticians in the church, whoever you, or whoever you, she, he may be. We need your help on this one here, all right? Uh, number five is core, core, core. These are those who not only are they in the church, but now they're, they're volunteering. They're tithing. They're giving. They understand city life groups. Not only have they done the one-on-one -on -one class, but now they've done their 201. So they're living in the city, and they're becoming more and more discipled. We'll ask for greater commitment even then. Your attendance, your participation, your commitment, all right? And then sixth and finally is what we call the commissioned, the commission. See, we brought you in, and we built you up, all right? We've shown you how. Now we want to send you out. And what does sending out mean? Well, some of you all will go out and pastor a church. Some of you all will go out into missions, some local missions, some world missions. Some of you all will go into outreach ministries. Some of you all will do business, marketplace ministry. Some of you all will be small group leaders. Some of you will be Bible school teachers, or Sunday school teachers, or vacation Bible school teachers. But we want to send you out to do something. Some sports, some media, some government, some politics, is that right? Some schools. Whatever it is that you feel you're calling and gifting in, we don't want you to ever say that UCC became a lid and kept you down. But we sent you out. And right now, over the last 20-something years, I know we have at least 100 people or so we have sent out into some type of international or domestic ministry, some full-time, some part-time, some volunteer leadership. I want to be able to take a very careful measurement of these numbers this day moving forward. Every month, I want you to be able to see, here's how we're impacting the community, and numbers don't lie. My question to you, my friends, before we close is this. Will you pray about the vision? Will you uh, uh, present yourself faithful in attendance and involvement? Come on, y'all, I'm ready. Will you purposely practice the love of God unconditionally? And then finally, will you participate with godly compassion and commitment. I know that I have blanks that I did not fill out, and I'm so sorry I didn't fill out all the blanks. I think you all got them. I think you understand. Welcoming them was number two. Converting them was number three. Discipling them was number four. Sending them was number five. Pray for the potential field and most powerful process. Present yourself faithful and purposely practice the love of God. I believe when we do these things, everyone's called to participate. Let's stand to our feet. I want to pray with you, and I want to pray for you at this time. All over the church. Come on, stand to your feet. I have a lot of material. My wife will tell you she has never seen me as intense as I have been when it comes to preparation and focus and materials. I respect you dearly. I regard and respect every one of you highly. And I just believe that if you have something substantive, something biblical, something that's easy to understand, that you'll buy into the vision and you'll become involved. And so today... I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to make a commitment. I'm asking every one of you to make a commitment. Number one, I want you to commit yourselves to the Lord. And if you don't know Jesus Christ and the pardon of your sins, that's the greatest and first commitment you can ever make. Oh, I love to be part of the church. I love to do all this for the discipleship. 
All that won't mean a hill of beans if you have not committed yourself to serving Jesus Christ in the pardon of your sins. My second commitment is this. It's time to grow the church. And it starts with your prayers, your participation, and your membership. I know that membership is not a popular thing, not just at UCC, but in churches, period. But I think we can bring value back and honor and a sense of pride back to being a member of a certain church. And I believe that God can use you. I know God wants to bless you. We'll spend some time on, on Thursday night. And when I think about Thursday night, here's my ask of you. Here's my ask of every one of you. I felt that the Lord had moved upon my heart about two weeks ago in prayer to ask men and women to stand with me as it relates to praying and fasting on Thursdays. And unlike just throwing out an open invitation, I think we want to be particular when it comes to numbers. I'm going to step out on faith today and ask 40 men and women to say, Pastor, I will fast and pray with you. And we will pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would raise up volunteers, laborers, ignite our leaders to do something in this community. And I know Thursday will be here before you know it, and there's always a day everybody want to take your ID and pay for it. And you'll know that's always a good sign that we've heard from the Lord. But if I got a show of 40 hands, I hear the word of God today, I'm provoked, I'm in. I want to see people know Jesus Christ. I want to see my family know Jesus Christ. And I want to be actively involved. So what I'm asking is not just prayer, but your participation. Not just prayer, but your participation. I'm going to ask you to make that commitment. In fact, I want you to make a public commitment. I want to be held accountable. I want to be held accountable. I see hands going up all over the place. Don't be surprised if you get an e-text, e-reminder. It's Thursday. It's time to pray. Time to fast. And we're going to believe God. The Bible says if one put a thousand a flight, two could put 10,000 a flight. Pastor Tom, what's important, what's interesting to me, so many people have come to me and say, oh, Pastor Stevens, I wish I could have been with you back in old Concord Road days. Oh, I wish we could have been back in them gym days. Guess what? You're here. You're here. And I believe by the grace of God and by his power, something can happen also. And you're going to be a part of that. All right? One more time, let me see a show of hands. Fathers, we just make this declaration to you. We lift our hands as a sign of accountability and responsibility. The Bible says that some things don't come out but by fasting and prayer. God, we choose to turn our plates over. We choose to seek your face. We know it's spiritual warfare. So even now, we begin to bind the hand of the enemy. Satan, you have no place here. And we cast down every high spiritual wickedness in high places. And we thank you, God, that this is the fast that you've chosen, that we will loose the bands of wickedness. That, God, there'll be joy like oil in the morning. And, Father, we just thank you for giving us preparation and plans and, and even the process of reaching this community and beyond. And for the hands that are lifted, God, you see every one of us. Would you put our hearts on one mind, on one accord, in one vision, for one purpose? And that is to glorify you and that your son Jesus be made known to the world. You can put your hands down. For those that are here today, you're saying, Pastor, I'm not saved. I'm not committed to the Lord. I'm going to ask today that you make a commitment to serve Jesus Christ, okay? I said this morning that your soul, your heart, your lives, your body, you were never designed for a place called hell. But I got to be the preacher that tells you that if you don't make a decision to serve Jesus Christ in the pardon of your sins, that that is a place inevitably you or I will go because Jesus was not Lord of our lives. And it's just more than an emotional experience. We got to live this thing out every single day. And even in our worst of days, our darkest of days, our most horrible of days, Thank God for his blood. Thank God for the forgiveness of sin. Thank God for a second chance to do something great for his kingdom. And you can only have access to that by repentance and the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit upon your life. I ask that you make a commitment to actively participate in the vision of the church. As we go forward in this teaching, you'll hear more and more and more opportunities, whether it's the CDC, whether it's youth, whether it's men, whether it's women, whether it's couples, no matter what those areas are, you have to be part of a discipleship, membership, assimilation process, and you will see the fruit of your reward. Amen? So, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray today for these who are here, while every head bowed and every eye closed.
You're saying, Pastor Stevens, I'm not saved and I don't have a relationship. I don't have my commitment with the Lord. But I don't want to leave this church today without saying yes to Jesus. I don't want to leave the house without saying yes to the Lord and giving my life to the Lord. Father, forgive me for all of my sins. I'm so sorry. I never meant to become or do or be this person, but thank you for the blood that was shed for my sins. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become brand new. Father, I ask today that you would save my brothers and save my sisters. Clean, uh, give them a clean spirit. Father, I thank you, God, for, 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 for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That you lived, you died, you were buried, you rose again. That we would have life and life abundantly. Thank you for saving would you repeat this prayer after me? Would you repeat this very sacred and very important prayer after me? Come on, everybody, let's pray this prayer out loud. Father in heaven, forgive me for all of my sins. I'm so sorry. I do believe in my heart, and today I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Come into my life and save me. Fill me with your precious Holy Spirit that I may be a child of God. In the name of Jesus, I receive today the gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And amen. Come on.